don't let that self-doubt creep in. Listen to Taylor Swift's anti-hero real quick to like, just for a minute, be like, I'm the problem. It's me. And get yourself loathing out. And yeah. then be like, no, I'm not the effing problem. And I'm going to do me. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome to Hate Spinnerbait, the podcast where we hate spinnerbait, but we love when Sarah Dessen puts us on her Instagram story. Like, I wish you all could see us right now because we're both like doing flaily arms. We're very excited. We're Last so night was excited. a very big night for us. Watch as we just fangirl for the first like two minutes of this episode. I apologize, but I don't apologize because this is a big deal. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a very big Huge deal. deal. Huge deal. The biggest of deals. I was um, at dinner. I got the text from my friend. Like my friend noticed it before either of us did. <laughs> and then I immediately texted Michael Ann because I was like, has Michael Ann seen this? And then we just flailed and it was beautiful. Yes. I was editing the uh, episode coming out on Tuesday, October 30th, mm, November 1st. And <laughs> close enough. <laughs> close enough. And, um, uh, yeah, Bethany was like, you did it. You got her to notice us. And I was like, what? I thought I was going to have to tag her in like at least five posts. At least. Yeah. yeah. We really lucked out that you happened to tag her when she was clearly active on the gram. And she noticed mm-hmm. and she seemed happy. And that makes us very happy. Uh, if you happen to be listening, Sarah, hi, we love you. <laughs> Come on the show. Come on the show. Please come on the show. That's our next goal now, y'all, is to get her on the show. She can talk about whatever she wants. If she's got a new book coming out, if she just wants to talk overall about her writing career, if there's a specific book she wants to talk about, let us know. We are game. Yeah, Yeah, you can talk about whatever you want. Like, you want to talk about your dogs and life? That's cool, too. Like, we also, could you answer our question of whether or not you are a younger sibling? That is, (laughs) we're dying to know. (laughs) We're dying to know. So if you could, come on. edge of our seats. Yeah, please answer that for us, and we'd be super thrilled. But now, with our fangirling aside, oh, wait, one more second of fangirling. Hi, also, all of our new, um, hopefully, all of our new subscribers and listeners and all that jazz. We're very happy to have you. Last night, that was so fun getting to like see people start commenting and messaging us and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, one of the comments was like, I found my people. And I'm like. <laughs> there were multiple. Yes. There was another yeah. comment that was like um, a Sarah Dessen podcast run by two Disney adults. I found my people. And I'm like. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. We out here, y'all. We out here. Disney adulting and just rereading Sarah Dessen novels. So come, please join us. Come on join us. It's so fun. We have a good time. Um, Also, 
someone did ask me how we suggest they listen and read. So good question. I suggest either. um, I usually post what chapters we're going to cover on our Instagram before we post the episode. So Mm -hmm. I recommend either, you know, just reading the chapters we cover, or if you have a lot of time, read the whole thing, you know, whatever you have time for. Yeah. If you're Uh, sitting on the beach and you want to just knock out a whole Sarah novel, this isn't really beach season park season i don't know what's where do people sit in the fall please yeah read what you want to but yeah we do always put the chapters so if you want to read those specific chapters and listen cool just listen but um <laughs> but if you want to yeah read the whole book before you dive in and like listen to the episodes on those books we are um slowly but surely making our way. Originally we were like each book will probably take two, maybe three episodes. And now as we're getting into someone like you, which is not even that long of a novel, we're like, <laughs> this might be a four barter just because mm-hmm. we have a lot of thoughts and feelings on it, which is a good thing. And as you probably know, by now we go on a lot of tangents. So we, yeah, it all, all basically the chapters will always be posted and we'll let you know when we're starting a new book. <laughs> exactly. All I can promise. Yes. Yep. <laughs> And I'll try to make a Instagram highlight too, so people can keep track. So, yeah, because now we have people. We have people. <laughs> Yay! Have people. Hi, people. We're very excited to have you here. We're about to dive into chapter eight today. Before we do dive into chapter eight, um, Michael Ann, our summarizing queen, is going to give us a brief rundown of where we left off. Yeah. So in the last episode, um, we found out that um scarlet is pregnant she is um going to keep the baby mary and her mother is not super thrilled with that um we are seeing that macon and scar nope macon and hallie are starting to date um they're smooching he's giving her candy she's sneaking out it's it's starting it's a relationship that's starting i don't know how i yeah. feel about it but I yeah you know. i don't know if i define it as a, a good thing that this relationship <laughs> is starting we've discussed that we are big fans of surprise candy we're into that part of the relationship other than that macon has not really impressed me too too much <laughs> exactly um marion's also dating this guy named steve who's a larper which we yes, love we're we love here steve. for that um i love steve and that's where we left off, I believe. Yeah. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. That's yeah, I think you hit all the all the big ins, the pregnancy, the making, the Hallie of it all, the mommy issues of it all. Oh yes. That's obviously a given. We've got some growing pains, some mommy issues. But yeah, other than that, I think that pretty much sums us up. We dive right on into chapter eight, speaking of pregnancies. Uh, essentially the chapter starts with Scarlett mentioning it's like Hallie kind of giving a checklist of like the different things that she's feeling. They talk about kind of their Bible, this book that they read, this pregnancy book um, that basically explains month by month, you know, it's like the what to expect when you're expecting, except it's not called that because I don't know, probably like copyright issues, but probably. again, in 1998, this is what you did is you read the book. I think the book is called, Oh, so you're pregnant now what, or what now is what this <laughs> book is called, but it's what to expect when you're expecting essentially. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so basically I just love, you know, I feel like in this day, it's like everyone's got their pregnancy apps that tells them like, your baby is the size of a peanut this week. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But boy, my sisters who have, you know, have, I have what nieces and nephews, my eldest one will be turning eight this month. So I have five like nieces and nephews under the age of eight. So I've had a lot of pregnancy app, poppy seeds, all the different things that they are at different stages. But before that, you had pregnancy books. And so that's where we start in this chapter. They're reading the Bible, as Hallie calls it, um, their pregnancy Bible, kind of going over some different symptoms and such. Um, this is also where Hallie's kind of like Scarlett's, uh, being a little bit of a, a bitch recently and Macon's like, <laughs> cut her some slack. She's going through a lot, which is one of the rare times that I'm like, yeah, Macon, I agree with you on that front. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We do have essentially, um, a little bit of a, that's so nineties, wow, 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 or that's so nineties moment. Number one of this episode comes with the mention of 17 magazine here oh. a few pages into chapter eight. I have it on page 135 of the Kindle edition. I'm not entirely sure where that is in the print edition, probably somewhere close to that, I reckon. But yeah, I saw that one immediately highlighted it. And I was like, oh yeah, 17 magazine reference. What a I time. recently went to my parents' house and got like my one box of treasures and it was all posters of like the Jonas Brothers yes. and like Hillary Duff <laughs> from like J14 and stuff. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, those were the good days. Those were the good they really days. were. I'm sad that like magazines aren't as much of a thing anymore. Like what are teenagers? Yeah. Where do teenagers get their posters and like hot boy and hot girl pictures to post up in their rooms now. I need to know. I don't know. My entire back, it was like the big thing was to do it on your door. Did you like post a lot of like posters and stuff on like, like not like the full size posters. Cause like you would get J14 and they'd have like the full size posters. Right. And that would go on your wall by your bed. Cause you were like, I got to look at the Joe bros up close and personal, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the like smaller ones, just like the full page ones, like pictures mm-hmm. basically, you would just rip it out of the magazine. I would take that like sticky putty stuff. And I yep. would just put that on the back of my door. My door is like this wooden door in my like childhood home. And they all went there. And it was like all my crushes from back in the days. Your Chad Michael Murray's, Adam Brody. I still love Adam Brody. I was such a big fan of Seth Cohen from the OC growing up. So that was my boy. He was a nerd boy. Of course, I loved him. (laughs) As a longtime Gilmore Girl fan, I am devastated by Adam Brody moving from Gilmore Girls to the OC because then Lane had to marry Zach. Is that his name? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. It's Zach. Yeah. I know. Every and I loved, a... I loved Adam Brody and Gilmore Girls. I loved when he yes. read the entire Bible in a night because he was trying to figure yes. out the reference that this is giving me. <laughs> yes. And like, uh, Lane Kim is based on a real person and that real person's husband's name is Dave, Dave Borgowski. So it was like, Perfect. Yeah, they were destined to be together. And Adam Brody was like, I'm going to go. He's like, Fox is paying me more. I got to go join the OC. I'm going to be a main character. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, But anyway, back to the book. This is also the the chapter where 
Elizabeth Gunderson is like a little bitch. She, she is. is like, um, just so you know, Macon is bad news. Yeah. As your as your friend, like there's always that bitch in high school who's like, as your friend, I just want to mm-hmm. tell you. And it's like, you're not being my friend right now. You're not being my friend. Um, but that's what she bitch. does. I mean, in some ways she's right because he is kind of shysty, but um, I think I don't think he's being real. I think yeah. she was being jealous. Oh yeah, for sure. I stated last episode and I stand by this that to build up one female, you don't have to bring down other females. And I still think that's true. That being said, the more I read this book, the more I'm like, Elizabeth Gunderson's a bitch and she mm. she should be called out for that. And while I agree that I think she is actually giving sound advice, she's not doing it from a place of kindness. Right. Like, no. So yeah, she's just she's just being rude. She is just being rude. And um, I'm not about that. This is also the chapter where essentially moving on, um, we're in school and Scarlett basically rushes out to go puke because she is having morning sickness because she is pregnant. So Hallie goes to find her in the bathroom. And this is where she thinks they think that they're alone. So they feel like they're comfortable talking about the fact that she, in fact, does not have the flu, as she's kind of saying, as Hallie kind of says to cover for her, but that she is, in fact, pregnant. When, of course, who happens to be in the bathroom but frickin' Jenny Tabor, who has a big mouth. (laughs) Of all people. Of all people. It would be Jenny Tabor. And so, of course, we now all know that things are going to come out. And in a weird way, uh, Scarlett says here, it's weird, Scarlett said, finishing off her second hot dog. But since I know everybody knows now, I'm starving. (laughs) So it's like this weird kind of, you know, it's it's obviously, it's not great that Jenny Tabor found out, but it's almost this weird uh, relief, I think, that the truth Mm -hmm. is kind of going to be out there. Yeah, absolutely. And then we see Macon giving some advice about what she should be eating for a healthy pregnancy. And (laughs) I like expected us to find out how he knows this and we never do, but um, spoiler alert. But um, yeah, I mean, he seems good in the beginning. He seems good right here. He is like taking care of them. He's like, or, you know, verbally. And he is... uh, he seems like a good person. Yeah, he's had so far, he's had his moments. You know, he he seems to be like we said we might he might be a criminal with <laughs> all the cars <laughs> and the all the skipping school and all of that. But overall, I think you know, he's been he's been a decent guy so far. Surprise candy, birthday shenanigans. Yeah, I think it was weird. The mowing the lawn thing was pretty nice. I wish a mm-hmm. guy would just come over and be like, hey, let me mow this lawn for you. That was pretty sweet of him. Well, we're they married s- now, so there is <laughs> someone to mow our lawn. Yeah, there is someone to mow our lawn. Also, if we ever own a house. If, exactly. As we mentioned before, we're millennials, so we'll never actually be homeowners. <laughs> yeah. This is a true story, everyone. <laughs> we're 15 minutes in. We've already gone on two tangents. But today, I legitimately spend way too much time looking into how I could sell one of my American girl dolls. Cause I heard she was worth thousands of dollars and I'm a oh, little damn. disappointed. I know that was so, ex- it was so promising. So I'm like doing this research and it's like, yeah, she could be worth all this money. 
And I love this doll. Like she's in pristine condition. Like I've had her since I was, I don't know, like nine years old, I think. And when my mom first told me, I was like, I could never sell her. Like not my Molly, you know? And then I realized, Hey, I'm a millennial and I'll never own a house unless I like potentially sell this doll to make money. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so man. I started looking into it and I don't know, like I'm a little disappointed. What people are selling her for on eBay is not what it, all these articles are saying she is worth. So alas, I guess I'll just rent forever. Damn. That's how I feel about Pokemon cards. I got a bunch of Pokemon cards for my mom's place or my mom's place, my parents' house. And um, I'm like, I'm sure I could sell these. And it's like, no, I can't. Yeah, there's, I can't. There's like nothing like I'm, I'm first of all, I'm way too sentimental of a person to like get rid of stuff. And the only reason is I was like, that's a, the amount of money they said she was worth. I was like, that's like, you can't, you know, sneeze at that. That's a lot of money. Like for that, maybe I'd be willing to part with her. But then I'm looking at what people are selling for her on eBay and I'm like, that's not worth it. I'm keeping her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, at the end of chapter eight here, um, I like that it mentions that their school has a school daycare for the teen parents. Yes. I wonder if that's like, you know, I know that human services have kind of never been great here, but they also, I feel like have gone downhill a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wonder if like (laughs) there is any schools with daycares out there. I, I went to private school, so definitely not. Um, (laughs) And I don't think my town had one, but I, I don't think I knew any teen parents. Yeah, I I did go to high school. It was not a girl that I knew well, but she was pregnant. And I remember they let her leave class a few minutes early, all of the classes. Like she basically had permission to leave a couple minutes early because she was a little slower moving, getting from class to class. And also so she wouldn't be like, and the hustle and bustle and get jostled around and stuff. And I always thought that was very nice that they did that. Like that seemed kind of accommodating, but we certainly didn't have a daycare. And it's so funny when I read that, I was like, wow, that's like quite progressive. Like that's really mm-hmm. nice. And then I was like, I, I don't feel like I knew any ones around me that had that. But when I read it, I didn't like, it seems like it's something I've heard of before. So I do think that like certain schools, or I think certain schools have them for, more like their staff like oh you know if you're going to be coming and teaching here and then you have to do after school stuff you won't be able to go pick up your kid this is where like we could watch your children for you sort of situation so I wonder if you then became a teen mom if you could also hey if that daycare is already in school like why couldn't you utilize it too you know I don't know that's actually shocking because I feel like childcare in this country is and difficult and it's it's very it's not good as it's about as good as all our chances of owning a home someday (laughs) or like not not paying five thousand dollars for uh the flu yeah exactly Um, all right so any other thoughts about chapter eight i feel good about that i think i'm ready to dive on into chapter nine excellent Okay, so, oh, okay, so this yeah, is when... This, this is another little bit of a bombshell moment. Just as the yeah. uh, novel kind of started with one, we now start chapter nine with, then in the middle of everything, we began losing my grandma Hallie, which I do love about this novel. It's kind of weird how... I feel like that summer, again, if we're just comparing that novel to this novel, that summer was very 
contained. It was like very chronological. Like we are in this day and then like maybe a week would pass, but like not a lot of time passed because again, it's taking place in one summer as opposed to, I feel like this, it's like you get to a new chapter and you're like, oh, where are we in time? Like for a hot second, Mm -hmm. but it's not in a jarring way. Like I'm still following the flow of the story, but it is interesting how much more, I guess, time elapses in this novel compared to the last one, which just feels so much more like chronological and contained, I guess, in a certain sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's more like uh, extended family members, I guess, in this one too. Yeah. And this is where we discussed this last week. I like briefly forgot that they didn't mention the mom's name because I was like, oh, yeah, the, you know, nameless mother or whatever. But here we go. Chapter nine of this novel is when they do officially name the mother and her mother's name is Julie. So everyone, quick round of applause. This mother does have a name. <laughs> Yay, Julie. <laughs> hey, Julie. Yeah, I, um, you have some questioning choices as a parent, but I am happy that you have a name. So I well, I did one. This is pretty long. This part I have um, marked off here, but it's just such a great representation of how good Sarah Dessen is at creating a character. And so I'm going to read the whole thing and we can decide if we're going to cut it out. But <laughs> OK, here I go. This is about Grandma Hallie. She lived alone in a tiny Victorian house outside of Buffalo with a stained glass window and a big fat cat named Jasper. Halfway up her winding staircase was a window, and from the top sill she hung a bell from a wire. I always touched it with my fingers as I passed, the chiming bouncing off the glass and the walls around me. It was that bell that always came to mind before her face or her voice when I heard her name. My mother had Grandma Hallie's sparkling eyes, her tiny chin, and sometimes, if you knew when to listen for it, her sing-song laugh. But my Grandma Hallie was one of the was. I'm sorry, but my grandma Hallie was kind of wild, a little eccentric, more so in the 10 years since my grandfather had died. She gardened in men's overalls and a floppy sun hat and made up her scarecrows to resemble neighbors she didn't like, especially Mr. Farrow, who lived two doors down and had buck teeth and carrot red hair, which fit a scarecrow nicely. She ate only organic food, adopted 20 kids through Save the Children and taught me the box step when I was in the fifth grade and two of us danced. When I was in the fifth grade, the two of us dancing around the living room while her record player crackled and sang. It's just like, wow. Yeah, I I agree. Wow pretty much sums that up. I love yeah. that it does really just paint such a nice picture of who she is as a person without just being like, like, essentially like, yeah, like you were saying that's a long passage, which it is but really essentially in three paragraphs she Mm -hmm. paints such a vivid picture of who this woman is which i think is fantastic to the point where we don't really know much about grandma hallie at this point and all of a sudden we're like oh and we're losing her and in three paragraphs i realize why i should care about that i'm like oh we're losing her Mm -hmm. like she sounds like a cool lady i like i know i'm like make me sad the scarecrows that she makes yeah. that resemble her neighbors she doesn't like is amazing like oh what an icon oh, what an icon Seriously. i love it grandma um, hallie i wish to be you oh seriously. I wish, yeah i wish i had the balls that's fantastic honestly man wow she was born in may of 1910 which is crazy yes which I of think course my... is how she got her name because that was as hallie's comment was you know, coming, mm-hmm. coming through the coming sky. Through 
<laughs> coming on through there. Um, and then, of course, that is how Hallie, our Hallie, our protagonist of this novel, got her name from Grandma Hallie, which there's this beautiful bit. Is it the end of this chapter, maybe? I feel like there's a lot of stuff I liked. I think it was at the end of this chapter. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's in the next chapter. It's all, it's all blurred to me right now. But there is, I don't want to skip to ahead, but there's this beautiful bit about Hallie remembering watching the next time Hallie's comment came through with her grandma. And that's mm-hmm. something we will discuss, I'm sure, as it approaches. But it's, it is right here. Oh, it is right, right here. But then I think the part I'm thinking of is later. Is it? later when her mom is like kind of telling her that she doesn't remember it I like I loved that part I'm getting ahead mm-hmm. of myself but yes this is when she first talks about how when she was six that her and her grandma and her mom was like oh you're not gonna be able to see it but Hallie is certain that in her memory that she saw it like her and her grandma definitely saw it I love that I love that for them same that's a really sweet precious moment that they shared especially it being both of their names. And then we get kind of like a chunk here where they're kind of going through time. We're saying that her mom was taking care of the um, her mom. She was becoming a daughter again. Um, Hallie was focusing on Macon and uh, the pregnancy, which I love how like involved uh, Hallie is throughout this whole thing with the pregnancy because you know, so many teenage girls would just be like, okay, you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, ooh, I'm only 16. That's, that's just all you, buddy. But nope, Scarlet sticks. I mean, Hallie st- sticks with her. I love how when she refers to Scarlet's pregnancy, like doing things during the pregnancy, she often says we. Like, we were in yeah. the fifth month. We were whatever. And I just think that's, like, oddly adorable, but also very accurate like they are very much in it together even though Mm -hmm. obviously this technically is only you know scarlet's pregnancy and and quote-unquote what some might consider only scarlet's burden and i like that the two of them are like nope we're in this together you're keeping this Mm -hmm. baby we're doing it yeah and yeah i just think what a what a great beautiful friendship that they have it really also (laughs) this is where um Scarlet befriends Cameron, which I just think is he's oh, just, yeah. I love Cameron. I think he's great. Hallie kind of thinks he's this weird guy. He doesn't wear a lot of color. He doesn't talk a lot. Um, but basically Cameron comes to Scarlet's defense in art class one day when, you know, the girls with I guess uh Marion. Marion is bothering her. And he makes like a little version of her and is basically like smash it. <laughs> It's so cute. I love that. And they become friends. And then Cameron is like a really great friend for basically the rest of the novel. I mean, spoiler. But yeah, he's just this great guy. (laughs) Just kind of hangs out and is there and like is at the baby shower and stuff later in the novel. So yeah, I love Cameron. I think he's a good egg. Everyone deserves a Cameron in their life. He's he's great. I also just want to back up a little bit. This is also when we start to see Steve turn into Vlad. He has a medallion yes. around his neck. And yes. then um, at the end of that like little section, Hallie is describing um, um, what Scarlet looks like now that she's like pregnant. Mm. And I wanted to read that as well because I thought it was really beautiful. Um, yeah, hit me. 
Though she wasn't showing yet, just in the last week, she started to look different. It wasn't something I could describe easily. It was like those stop-action films of flowers blooming that we watched in biology. Every frame, something is happening, something little that would be missed in real time. The sprout pushing bit by bit from the ground, the petals slowly moving outward. To the naked eye, it's just suddenly blooming, colored today where there was none before. But in real time, it's always building, working to show itself to become. I thought that was so beautiful. I mean, wow. I mean, she really loves Scarlet. She really loves her a lot. And oh, yeah. to like observe her like that, you know, because creating life, like being pregnant is so beautiful. It's such a beautiful experience. I've never done it. Never going to do it. But I've watched people do it. <laughs> and, and it seems really cool. <laughs> and it seems very beautiful. And though and I remember Crazy, my sisters. But cool. <laughs> yeah. My sisters both looked so beautiful. Like it's just, you're like freaking magic. I mean, it's science, but it's magic. It's freaking magic. Like, like it's honestly an insane thing. And I can't even imagine like having felt my nieces and nephews, which they talk about a little bit later on in the novel, like the first time that like Scarlet's baby kicks. Like having felt my nieces and nephews like mm-hmm. kick or whatever when my sisters were pregnant with them, like from the outside, it's like the coolest feel. Like it's like you're just like, oh my God, like yeah, they're in there. You're growing this whole freaking human. I can't imagine what that feels like. Like if you were the person and you can like feel that inside of you. Like that oh, is magic. <laughs> that is it's so cool. It's so cool. So go is just staring at me through the crack in the door right now. <laughs> Hi, Zuko. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's so crazy. But yes, I love Cameron. I love that it says he had the jumpy, odd quality of someone who'd spent a lot of time alone. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, Cameron. Uh, Cameron just has such great vibes. I love that he's just like this weird. I also really love that Marion has kind of found herself this like weird guy. Mm-hmm. And well, obviously, like, Scarlett and Cameron's relationship is, like, sort of different. Like, they both just attracted these, like, sort of weird dudes. But they're the best guys in the novel. <laughs> like, they are good, genuinely good. You know, find yourselves a weirdo is the moral yep. of the story, I guess. Yep, find yourself a weirdo. Also, I really yeah. like when Marianne Lister was, like, talking talking smack about Scarlett and... <laughs> Um, Hallie just like swivels her chair around and like stares at her until she stops looking at them. Yes. I think that's so funny. There's like so many like little comedy moments that she throws in there that I'm like, like when uh, that summer when Hallie yells at the guy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting in line. Oh, it's so good. Did I say Hallie? Yeah. You guys know who I mean. The main character (laughs) in that summer. I forget her name now. Auden? Is that her name? No. Oh, God. Why are we both terrible oh, at this all of a sudden? Sh- We're going to have to look it Haven, up. Haven. Bother me. Haven. Auden is in many novels later. I don't know what I'm thinking of. God, people are going to take our Sarah Dessen fan card away from us. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, y'all. We're don't. fans. We are. Here we are tired. dissecting the, the, a 282-page novel in four parts. <laughs> Clearly, we're fans. <laughs> Clearly, we have a Literally. lot of thoughts and feelings about her work this is also this chapter we're gonna skip a little bit ahead here to basically Macon comes in like you know whisks away Hallie to his 
penthouse mm-hmm. that he lives in, which again, you're like, okay, wait, so this is where you've been hiding out? What? Which is also where we get what I find to be a very creepy thing. And again, I don't know. I don't think it's meant to be endearing. Maybe it's meant to be endearing. I don't know. But you know how people talk all the time about like in books and in rom-coms, like if someone actually stood outside your house with a radio, you'd be like, what the F, dude? Like, stop. This is another <laughs> How'd you get my address? Things. Yeah. How'd you get my address? You're disturbing all of my neighbors. Please stop. So this is one of these things that, again, I was like, is this like a book romantic thing? Are we supposed to be creeped out by it? I don't know. But they go up into his bedroom. Also, just a very place. They sneak up to his room, right? In his penthouse. So you're like, what? That's where you've been living? And there, <laughs> right. on the TV, there's something taped to it. Which, like, what of all the places to put a picture? Strange. Like, what? Do you not ever watch your TV? Like, I don't know. Strange. So she's like, I sat down on the bed facing the TV and leaned forward to get a good look at the photograph. I thought how familiar it looked and the setting before it finally hit. It was me. Me at the Grand Canyon with my mother, the same picture that sat framed on our mantle, but she wasn't in this picture, had somehow been cut out neatly, leaving only me and my arm reaching nowhere, cut off at the elbow. That's serial killer stuff, y'all. That's <laughs> creepy. <laughs> I read that and I was like, ah, Hallie, run. <laughs> Literally, like, I was like, wait, and it's on his TV, so I just imagine, imagine the TV's like old and like staticking and then there's yes. like her picture and it's like, Bro, what are you doing? That is weird. That is That's not romantic. So weird. And I, and she's and like, she's like, where did you get this? Which, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like being cagey about it. And then inevitably, he basically is like, I got it from Scarlet. But like, everything about that is just so. Ew. Does Scarlet know you have it? Like, yeah. you can just jack it. Like, what? Again, are you a criminal? I think. I mean. He gives me those vibes. I'm just saying. So yeah, that I was just like, okay. I think this is about the part where I kind of start turning on Macon. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> there are some red flags here. So I mean, there already were some red flags, but there are definitely red flags here now. Yeah. Um, so it kind of seems like he has mommy issues. So I guess they have that in common. Yeah. Except for he's not going to work through them because he's a dude yeah. in 1998. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, yeah. She also ends up then missing curfew, which of course ends up with this kind of, you know, fight between her and her parents. And they're like, you know, no excuses. Where were you? Go up to your room, yada yada yada. So this chapter ends with this passage. So I went up to my room, my heart thumping. As I passed the mirror in the hallway, I glanced at myself, at a girl with her hair tumbling over her shoulders in a faded jean jacket, lips red from kissing. I faced my reflection and committed this girl to memory. The girl who had risen out of the night at Topper Lake, the girl who belonged with Macon Faulkner, the girl who broke her mother's heart, never looking back, the girl I was. <sighs> I'm, I'm like sort of disappointed in you, Hallie. Again, I think they are... Mother is not the fairest to you. And yet at the same time, I'm like, you could be so much better. I like the girl she is when she is Scarlett's friend. And yeah. like, that's, that's the girl I want you to be, Holly. Not, mm-hmm. not whoever you are with Megan, I guess. But mm-hmm. I mean, when you're a young girl and there's a cute boy who's giving you attention, that's the only thing you're thinking about, you know? Mm-hmm. Even when I was... 20 and I met um 
someone who was really, 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 really bad for me. Um, I just, it was like all I could think about. I was like, well, he's cute and he's older than me. Red flag. Chapter 10. So we start with. We start with Scarlet kind of being like, oh, look, my baby is learning to suck and swallow and is forming teeth and fingers in month four. She's talking about how she's eating better. Not being completely honest with the with the doctor, but that's oh yeah, yeah, that's that whole thing. Which again, this is another Hallie being a real MVP. She like goes to the doctor's appointments. She's talking about basically she's scared, which I think every person is the first time they're pregnant. They're scared of delivery, especially if you're a teenager. And especially if you're a teenager where the internet is in its infancy and you can't like easily Google things and you're just yeah. looking at your one book that you have. So she kind of finally has asked the doctor like, hey, is this going to be painful? How bad is this? And so the doctor's like, well, it's, you know, not a walk in the park, but there's pain medication you can take. You can do Lamaze. Like there's different things that you can do to kind of help you with it. And, you know, it shouldn't be too big of a deal Mm -hmm. i also made a note that the doctor was like really nice and wasn't judgmental at all which was good yeah i like i like scarlet's doctor you're a good egg we appreciate you thanks for doing thanks for doing the work (laughs) thanks for being an obgyn seriously oh this is a totally random thing but we're back at you know so they go to the doctors and they go to milton's to work their afternoon shift and this is just a totally random thing, but I highlighted it about basically Hallie's just talking about what her day was. So she says later that afternoon, after what seemed like thousands of screaming children and gallons of milk, hundreds of bananas and diet Coke, two liters, which um, basically her mother comes and finds her at work, which we're going to delve into all of that because it's juicy. But (laughs) I highlighted this part because let me tell y'all anyone listening, if you've ever worked in a grocery store, which, as I mentioned, when we first started this novel, we talked about the fact that they worked in a supermarket. That was my first job. And it is crazy. I did not realize until I worked at a grocery store how many people buy bananas. Like, banana is by far the number one produce sold in America. Like, it is crazy. Like, of all the fruits. And I like a banana, okay? And I get it. Potassium. It's got its own little, like, to-go packaging, basically. <laughs> yeah. to eat children adults people of all ages love a banana but i was like of all the fruit why is this the number one seller to the point of which when you are working at a grocery store you have to learn the produce codes for the different produce right because they don't have little like barcodes like everything else has on it i will be on my deathbed and i will remember that the produce code for banana is 4011 that is just (laughs) in my brain forever i will never forget it i sometimes when i go to the self-checkout you know because like all the stores have self-checkouts now and you can like pull up the little produce thing or whatever. I don't need it for banana if I buy bananas. I'm like, 4011, I know this one. I Sometimes <laughs> I test myself and I'm like, which produce codes do I remember? Me and both my sisters, our first jobs was all the basically at a supermarket. Um, and a couple of our other friends had a job in the supermarket as well. And uh, I remember one day we were on a road trip. We do our, you know, uh, basically biannual trip to North Carolina, as I discussed in our pilot episode of the show. 
when we were at like a fast food joint stopping on the road trip and we just started like testing each other to see who remembered what produce goes. <laughs> so yeah, That's if you so have, funny. Any, have any fans out there that also used to work at a supermarket, because they are like basically universal. Like everyone in the United States of America, no matter what grocery store you work at, they are the same produce codes. So Fun fact, bananas, 4011. All my supermarket people out there listening, I'm sure you know. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. I love that. I never worked in a supermarket. Oh, you're missing out. You won't be on your deathbed thinking about the produce code being 4011. No, I'll be on my deathbed thinking, did I get that person ranch? <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that awesome. I feel that struggle as well. When you wake up in a cold sweat and you're like, shoot, like, I never got that person ranch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's so good. Hashtag serving problems. Yeah, literally. Wow. Um, Here's oh, where oh. it gets, gosh, I have never disagreed with a mother more in a piece of fiction. I don't know. That's probably, there's been some like really abusive mothers in fiction. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Hallie's mom in the grand scheme of things is I guess she's not that terrible but I just oh this was not the right call she shows up at her job she's all like hey let's go out to dinner after work my treat yada yada and so you know how it's kind of all like I don't know about all that but sure and she's like I'll pick you up so they go and you know there's having a nice little dinner whatever when basically of course it comes out that the reason that Julie now that I know that's your name when (laughs) Julie basically is just like hey listen here Hallie I I basically asked you to dinner because I want to talk about Macon and I want to forbid you from seeing him. Mm-hmm. When has that ever worked? When has that ever worked? <laughs> Do I, I agree can... that she should not be seeing him? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't think he's good for her, but forbidding your child from seeing someone never going to pan out for you. This is a sensitive subject in my family. So mom, if you're still listening to this, I'm sorry, but I can tell you from experience that, um, Telling someone you can't date this man is not going to stop them from dating that man. Yeah, it's not. No, I just, it's they're going to like want to date him harder. Like, harder. <laughs> it makes it like more romantic because you're yeah. like, oh. especially if you're young, because it's like, oh, you know, I mean, looking back, I shouldn't have been dating that man. I knew that that man was bad, 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 bad. Yeah. But, you know, you can't just like be like, this is it. You can't do it. And then think someone's going to listen to you. Doesn't work. Like, are your mothers probably right about these boys? Yeah. Yes. But you still can't just forbid someone from seeing someone because that's never, that's just going to hurt your relationship. It's not going to hurt the relationship that your kid is having with this significant other. Like that's never how exactly. it pans out for you. We, exactly. since we were children, have had stories, quote unquote, supposedly romantic stories shoved down mm-hmm. our throats about forbidden love and star-crossed lovers. You have to read Romeo and Juliet in high school. It's required reading. We all have this yeah. notion that, yeah, the more like forbidden it is, the more romantic it is. So if you're mm-hmm. out there trying to tell your child not to date someone, that's not going to pan out for you. Good luck is all I'll say. Good um, But yeah, so this kind of makes their relationship that was already rocky even worse. It's, this is going to divide them even further. Um, <laughs> she like says like uh I don't know what you're doing with him if there are drugs involved and I think that's so funny because yeah she parents do always jump like to drugs like you're doing drugs and it's like 
that. They're not even no. doing drugs. They're not <laughs> they're even not having even. sex, actually. They're yeah. they're just like they're very chill at this point. Um, yeah, like she's she's not taking anything. She's really, yeah, again, at this point, they're not. Do I think it's the best, healthiest relationship? No, but it's just like dumb teenagers liking each other. Like she really isn't doing anything bad. Yes, I understand she was late for curfew. But yeah, I like that you're like late for curfew by 30 minutes and your parents are just like, you doing drugs? And it's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was, I completely wasn't looking at my phone or in the 90s, they didn't even have phones. So it was even. I wasn't looking at my beeper, the beeper beepers (laughs) intel time, but yeah. (laughs) I was looking at my analog watch. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't learned how to tell time on this thing yet. Um, But, and it looks like that Julie is kind of projecting her fears about what happened to Scarlett onto Hallie. Like, you know, thinking just because Scarlett got pregnant, Hallie's going to get pregnant, Um, which is kind of, first of all, stupid because you can't do that. But second of all, like Scarlett is an incredibly mature kid who has been taking care of her own mother for her whole life. And you know, nobody's, nobody wants this, you know, nobody sees a 16 year old who's pregnant and it's like, yes, good job. But also <laughs> this is the choice she's making and you just have to get over it. It's not yeah. your life. It's not even I your don't daughter. think it's fair. And I do think that parents do do that from time to time. And again, I understand that they're scared, you know, they just want what's best mm-hmm. for their children, obviously. But yeah, it's like certain times when certain things happen, to a friend of yours, like you reap the punishment from it. It's like, well, this yeah. happened to your friend. It's like, okay, well, just because it happened to them doesn't mean it's going to happen to me. Like I am my own person. Thanks so much. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but then after they have this like really shitty conversation where her mom is just like not listening to her, not taking her seriously. Um, it says, I sat there and looked at my mother at the ease of in her face as she told me how I felt, what I thought, everything. Like I was a puzzle when she created and she knew the solution every time. If she couldn't keep me close to her, she'd force me to be where she could always find me. And uh, yep, that's, that's, yep. What that's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, I think her mom is having a lot of anxiety over the fact that she's growing up. Now her best friend is pregnant. It's very scary for a mother, um, but she's she's just making their relationship worse. Like if she just heard her out um, and actually listened to her, maybe they could get somewhere. But yeah, what's happening? I I 100% agree with that. I just feel like as we've kind of discussed before, being a teenager is hard. And I think that a lot of times when you're a teenager, you feel like you don't have control over what you do. And I I think definitely in this situation when Hallie is literally being told like, hey, you can't see this person. Hey, I need you to do this. I need you to be this person. And I think that's just a very difficult thing to, to grasp with. And it's like, I understand her mother's fears, but I also think that her mother has to kind of understand that you know, you have to trust the kid that you raised and hope that they will yeah, make exactly. the right decisions. <laughs> exactly. You have to trust your kid or they'll, they know, you know, they know that you don't trust them. They know that you're, and that sucks. Like that doesn't feel good when your parents don't yeah. trust you and think that you could be doing these things you're not doing. It's like, and they don't listen to you when you say you're not doing those things, you know, it's right. It, that's really challenging forever. That's challenging forever. All you parents out there. 
Yeah, um, for sure. Don't be, don't be doing that. The, the One of my biggest pet peeves is when someone tries to tell me what I'm thinking or how I'm feeling mm-hmm. or what I'm doing. And I'm like, you are not in my brain. You, you are not me. You don't know. And yeah, to feel like you're not trusted by your own parents or that you, yeah, like they know you better than you do. And it's like, no, like I'm me and I've, I've got this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had friends who would do that to me in high school too. And now I'm an adult 30 year old woman. And I'm like, I cannot trust my own emotions. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not the truth. <laughs> I'm like, am I sad or am I dramatic? I'm, I'm sad. Not, I'm not sure. No, I think, no, I think I'm sad. <laughs> I think I'm sad. Hey, y'all, um, remember growing up when you were gaslit by your friends and you didn't even realize it until you were yeah, much later in life? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> literally. I'm seriously. And then you're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. My, so this is like a personal side note that we can keep in if it fits in with the, with the theme here. But um, my high school boyfriend uh, passed away this month. Um, and I've been like gaslighting myself into thinking I can't like grieve or I can't be sad about it. Um, which is like, (laughs) because I'm still thinking about when we were younger and when there was like mean girls who would be like, um, can you just stop kind of thing? Right. And I'm like, no, I mean, our relationship went all the way up into our twenties. We were still close even now. Like I am allowed to grieve and I'm going to let myself do that. Yeah, I would say also, right on. Yeah, I guess be nicer to yourself, ladies. Yeah, be nicer to yourself. Don't let that stupid. You know what? This is totally random, but I've been getting those ads a lot for the, it's Pinterest of all things, which what? <laughs> but they, I kind of like it. And it's like, you know, people being like, oh, i do this makeup tutorial. And then like their own self-doubt comes in and is like, oh no, who's going to watch that? Who's going to like you? Whatever. And they like deny it and do the makeup tutorial or whatever. Like those commercials. I don't know. I keep getting them. And it's really dumb because it's for Pinterest. But every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, rock on. Like, yeah, like love yourself. Trust yourself. Don't let that self-doubt creep in. Listen to Taylor Swift's anti-hero real quick to like, just for a minute, be like, I'm the problem. It's me. And get yourself loathing out. And yeah. then be like, no, I'm not the effing problem. And I'm going to do me. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of Taylor Swift's Midnights. Oh, my God. That album has been speaking to me this month. So good. Oh, you are bigger than the whole always... sky. That one. Oh, yeah. Um, that one. That one would definitely. I could see how that one would hit you right in the feels at this particular time that you were going through. Yeah. Everyone, this is going to be a quick Taylor Swift corner uh, here on the show. We've mentioned her before. You know we're fans. You know we're basic white girls. I love much. Yeah, it's very adjacent to this vibe. I literally love, and I say this like every album, and it makes sense because obviously she is our age, but like I just really feel like I've grown up with her and like she always knows exactly what I need to say. Like every album, there's a song and I'm like, that's exactly what I needed yes. in this moment in my life. Thank you. <laughs> like, it yes. is always perfect. Like... My friend Katie and I talk about that all the time because like, we always, you know, the second a new Taylor album comes out, we, we're messaging each other. We call each other to do a debrief about it, which, y'all, that's why friendship's beautiful. <laughs> but, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like, literally all my Taylor girls this week, I was like, I, was like, I messaged Michael Ann and I was like, what are your favorites? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I needed to know. You know, we had to talk about it. Taylor's everything. But yeah, yes. like when Lover came out, it was right around the time that I was like planning to get married and my friend Katie was planning to get married. And it's like this whole album about like 
paper rings, weddings, love. And I was like, this is freaking crazy. When red came out all too well, like hit right at the perfect moment <laughs> for mm-hmm. me. Like every single album, there's always where I'm like, this is exactly what I needed in this exact moment. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you for speaking to me. And I, I do love that there's a lot on this album that's a little bit about like self-loathing and self-doubt. But then also, I mean, I was just crying at 1 a.m. listening to your On Your Own Kid, like legitimately oh, yeah. full on bawling. Such a great song. Yeah, yeah. it's a great song. Oh, yeah, this so album, good. this album has been therapeutic for me, I will say. And I think it's so I was a Taylor Swift fan in high school and then I kind of fell off didn't really listen to her until folklore came out. And then I was like, yes, give me everything. Um, but when I was dating Jim, um, there was like a couple Taylor Swift songs that always made me think of him. So now the fact that this album came out, you know, right after his passing and there's like different things that made me think about him. I'm like, girl, you are with me at all stages. Aren't you? <laughs> Taylor's always there. She's always there. Sarah Justin always is always there. there. Taylor's always there. I think this is actually a very appropriate discussion to be having considering the book that we are reading. Yes. And also I think some of Scarlett's, we, we've kind of started, she started writing the letter to Michael's mother. Yes. Um, oh, and then God. we kind of go back into that later in the novel as well. But yeah, I think a lot, we were kind of saying at the funeral that I feel like some of them kind of felt that maybe she felt like a little bit like a fraud and it's mm-hmm. like no like you were in a relationship with him you loved him like you literally had sex with him the day before he died oh still crazy so yeah. like you have every right to be sad and what yeah so I just I don't know I think there's no when grieving there's no right or wrong you know way yeah. to to handle stuff like that and yeah any any girl out there or any guy or non-binary pal out there listening to us, if you, yeah, tell all the, shut off all the stupid high school girls that are inside your head telling you that you're mm-hmm. wrong and you're dumb and your emotions don't matter. Just be like, nope, we're putting you, putting you in a box and we're tucking you under the bed. Yes. I'm listening to me on this. Cause yeah, we all have, we all have those high school girls that we still, mm-hmm. we have not talked to in years and we still in our heads or having them dictate the way that we feel about things. And like, nah, I ain't here for that. I don't got time for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And actually, you know, I actually ran into all of those high school girls at Jim's wake. Um, and they were all super nice to me. So there was like, there's yeah. no reason for me to be like, you know, even if they said shit behind my back, it doesn't matter. You know, like, um, so it's funny. Like, yeah, they like gave me hugs and stuff. Like the mean high school girls in my head, like don't even exist anymore. They, they don't life. even exist. So it's like, it's like, what am I even doing? Like, like um, why, why am I listening to them? And yet there yeah. they are. Nagging and yet me. there they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how it always is, though. Like the one, you can hear like a thousand positive things, but like the one negative thing is like what you yeah. harp on and you like never forget. Yeah. It me. Exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. That, that, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say, also, hey, Bethany, future Bethany, when you're spiraling and locked in self doubt, re listen to this episode and take your own advice. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you Don't this, live girl. with regrets. I wish that I had not listened to those teenage girls in my head and I had said nicer things to Jim before he passed and I didn't. And don't be that girl. Do it. Say the nice things. Damn straight. Everyone always wants to hear nice things. It's always yes. a good time for kindness. Exactly. 
Um, but back to the book. Yeah, we back to chapter eleven. Now that we we <laughs> got deep there for a minute. <laughs> we did. Um, so we can change the uh change the vibe here because we are going back to our friend Vlad, who is showing oh my God. up. <laughs> we love you. And now he has not just regular boots, big leather clunky boots with a thick heel and buckles. I love that Vlad is feeling more and more, again, Vlad, Steve, whatever you want to call him. I'm calling him Vlad because be Mm -hmm. true to yourself, Vlad. I love that the more he's in a relationship, like I know Scarlett makes fun of like, he is turning more and more into Vlad, but I love that. Like, that's what relationships should be. Like, he feels comfortable around Mary. He feels comfortable in their house around the girls that he feels like he can be his true authentic self. And I love that for you, Vlad. (laughs) And he's not embarrassed at all. He's not embarrassed at all. He's like, yeah, this is who I am. And I fucking love that. We all need to be more like Vlad. That's, that's the takeaway from this episode. I think for sure. Also side note, when my mom texted me and said she had a critique about the podcast, I for sure thought it was going to be that I curse so much. It wasn't. It was that we say um too much, which valid. Um, but I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. Like I'm a 30 year old woman. <laughs> I can yeah, no, but same. Sometimes when I, because I know that my mother obviously is a big fan, which again, hi mom. I love you. She is. She just added me on Instagram today. Yes, mom. Oh, that's adorable. Uh, but yeah, every time. I sometimes when I'm editing an episode and I listen back to I'm like, oh, and here I dropped two F bombs this episode. <laughs> Which like again, I am a grown adult. I am allowed to say what I want to say. And yet I'm like, I know my mother listens to this and I can talk twice. <laughs> and my nieces are gonna start listening to it. Um so I'm like, oh god, what you know what? That's okay. You girls are like 13 and if Bella's listening, she's 18. Like I'm sure they've heard you this. guys are cursing and we all know it. Okay. We all know it. You're not doing it in front of us, but we know you are doing it. <laughs> and that's okay. It's just needed. Like you just need to say those words to convey, I don't know, convey a certain emotion. Yeah, absolutely. We both studied words in college. Okay, y'all, we know. <laughs> We do. We're, we're smart. <laughs> we can think of more clever words to say than the bad ones, but sometimes those are necessary. They are. Especially when you work in the service industry. Um, That's true. Oops, sorry about that. Um, um. um. <laughs> She's so aware of it now. I know, I, know, I can't. The second, I can't. the second we think about it, we're going to start saying it a lot again. Yep. We're good. We've got this. So, moving on. Um, so then we find out that, um, grandma Hallie has fallen. Um, Mm -hmm. she's not doing so hot. Um, Julie is really, really upset about it. Um, Hallie is having one of those moments where their divide doesn't really matter. She just wants to, as it says, I, mom, I started wanting to somehow fix this, whatever I'd opened between us by not wanting to share mom with her, by not wanting to share me with her. Like she, she's like, okay, wait, it doesn't even matter how mad I am right now. Like, you know, this is happening and I just want to be close to her again. It's so sad. I also think it shows like a good, we talk a lot about how Scarlett has this really great maturity, but I think sometimes 
sometimes Hallie does not show it very well, but I think in this moment, I think that's like, that takes some real maturity to be like, let's let bygones be bygones, forget mm-hmm. about the dinner, forget about you saying you forbid me from seeing Macon. Um, both of them are hurting right now. Like obviously grandma Hallie means a lot to both Hallie's mom and to Hallie. And so it's like, Hey, like this, this is bigger than both of us right now. I, yeah. and you know how it is like when you're hurting sometimes or, you know, like the cliche is when you're sick or when you're upset, like you just want your mom. And I think that both of them are both very upset in this moment. And both of them just want their mom. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, oh God. And then the last line of chapter 10 is just like that with one phone call. She was a daughter again. Sarah Dessen, you absolute goddess. You are such a good writer. I cannot even. If you're listening to this, wow. That's all I have Seriously. to say. Seriously, wow. Yeah, I highlighted that. I was certain you would highlight it. I I read that probably when I was reading this. I read that line like three times over because I was just like, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. <laughs> like, that's just like, yeah. Ooh. Like that, like when I read it the first time, I like got chills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, you see, like, don't even think about it, you know? Yeah. But it's like, Oh God. You're like, Oh wow. wow. Yeah. And again, that's like maybe one of the first times in this novel that I had sympathy for Julie, mm-hmm. as we now know her name is Julia. I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like that's just, wow. I talked to my mom about this sort of recently actually, because a friend of mine, her mom passed away and her dad is already gone. So now at this point she has no parents, which obviously is what's mm-hmm. going to theoretically happened to us all oh man this is such a downer I don't know why I'm saying this but, but it's just funny like when you think like when your grandparents pass like you're very sad but I think for a lot of us we're usually quite young when it happens and it's just like oh yeah like that's my grandparents like you forget that it's like your parents mom and dad like that's right their, like what they are to you is what they were to them you know right and so I was talking to my mom about that and because again like you know I yeah, I, I obviously like when I, I was a bit older when my grandma passed. So I remember like thinking of my mom as being like, oh, that's her mom who passed away. And I was more cognitive. And when my grandpa died. I was five. So like, I don't know what was going on, you know, but right. I was talking to that to my mom about that kind of recently. And I was like, no matter how old you are, I think when both of your parents are gone, there's a part of you that's like, I'm an orphan now. Like, yeah. you know, like no matter what, like, cause that's, that's just crazy. And my mom was like, no, totally. Like, that's exactly how I felt. Like, it was just this weird, very sad, strange feeling to be like, oh, I don't have parents anymore. So I think that this was kind of that line. I just think perfectly encapsulate that. Like, no matter how old you are, when one of your parents is is ill or is is dying or has passed, like, you were suddenly just become your daughter again. Like, (laughs) you know, like, that's your mom, you're a daughter, you're a son, and that's your, you know, mom or dad or whatever. And I just, oh, like with a line that she could just perfectly sum that up. Mm. Chapter 11. So her mother is now gone. Hallie's mother has gone up to Buffalo to take care of Grandma Hallie. And so Hallie's kind of stating how it's a little bit like a get out of jail free card because her dad's busy at the station. Now that her mom is gone, yes, her mom is calling to check in, but she's kind of free to see Macon the whole Again, the whole kind of conversation about forbidding her to see Macon has kind of been tabled for now, right? So she's like, well, I'm free to see him, so on and so forth. Um, they are heading to go to Thanksgiving soon enough, but while she is still here and her mom is away, 
the uh, the cat shall play, so to speak, or the, the mice shall play, whatever that expression is. Also, like, my dad was so strict. And for all of us, and my mm. siblings always say he was less strict with me, but I, wow. Um, That's what all older siblings say. Yeah. Megan, Sarah, if you're listening to this, my life wasn't an absolute cakewalk like you thought it was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, but But I'm like... I would love one of my interview questions that I would love to ask Sarah when she comes on this podcast, front of the and show. She's Sarah going to. She is. Um, when is like, what was your dad like growing up? Because was this, is this like, are you writing from experience? Because this is right. like the second book now in a row where dad is kind Your of dad like, just like, boop-a-doo, boop-a-doo, yeah. whatever. And mom's like, hovering over her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will also say, my dad, like, if it, you know, like every parenting, there's kind of like good cop, bad cop. My dad mm-hmm. was the bad cop and my mom was like the good cop. Like my mom would be like, well, honey, you know, she is 16 now. And if she does want to stay out to this time and do that, like you have to understand like, my dad would not let me drive on I-4. Still doesn't love that I drive on I-4, but I live in Orlando now. So like he kind of has to deal with it. And again, like I'm a grown adult, but when I was in high school and I wanted to go to Halloween Horror Nights and I was of driving age, I was a senior in high school. And my dad was like, you're taking the back roads to Orlando. I don't want you on I-4. And my mom was like, babe, just she wants to go to Orlando. She's, you know, she's 18. Da, da, da. Uh, so, yeah. So I think it's so weird that all the dads in these books are just like, whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> that was like, so not. No, it was like so not, not my, my father. No, no, no. Me either. Me either. My dad was like. I don't know if we had like, I, oh, shit. I don't know. He was uh, very strict, um, but he's also a big softy. He's a big softy. So is my my dad. Legit true story. Everyone, my dad's like favorite show probably of all time is Gilmore Girls. He watched it with me religiously. He cried in it. Oh. My dad, like I love my dad. My dad cries at, like the drop of the hat. He's a what big is mine? old. Oh my god, our dads might be the same person. Like very like you have rules <laughs> and I'll be the bad cop. Like he's got a temper, but he is like the most emotional man. You want like commercials, mm-hmm. like Publix Christmas commercials make this man cry. Shit you not. <laughs> yeah. I'm very nervous for walking down the aisle and the father daughter dance at my wedding because oh, I, he's going to be a mess. <laughs> he's going to be a mess. He's gonna be a mess. <laughs> I just like talked to my dad the entire time walking down the aisle. So like he couldn't get, cause like everything was just like, it's my baby. It's my baby. Like mm-hmm. in the lead up. And I was like, okay, dad, I'm going to need you to like not make me cry. So I'm going to like try to keep you from crying. <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh God. And I cry at the drop of a hat. So I'm going to be like waterproof mascara, please. I 100% mm-hmm. get my temperament from my father. 100%. I have my temper from my me father. Too. I have my, the fact that I cry over everything I get from my father, my, incessant need to check the weather 100% for my father <laughs> the other day he was like because uh, my mom and I are going to at the time of recording my mom and I are going to Jacksonville this weekend obviously when this episode airs my mother and I will have already been to Jacksonville and he called me the other night and to, to tell me about something completely different and he's like hey uh I've been checking the weather in Jacksonville and it looks like it might rain and I go are you telling me your daughter, your daughter, that I need to look at the weather? Do you think I haven't been checking it obsessively? And he's like, yeah, you're right. 
I love that. And I was like, I get that from you, dude. Like, I have checked the weather. Trust me. (laughs) That's so cute. Oh, man. But anyway, back to the chapter. Um, chapter. This is where, here it is, everyone. In chapter 11, where I officially just want to write off Macon a little bit. I'm going to skip a little bit ahead because it's, we're kind of talking about, she's getting with Macon and yada, yada, yada. And he's all like, I'm into being patient and waiting and all, but it's been almost three months now. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, sir. And then the next page, she says, um, and I already knew I'd lose Macon probably soon if I didn't sleep with him. Ugh. I'm going to put on my big sister cap again to any younger listeners. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now. If that's how you ever feel in a relationship, get out he is not worth it do not do it do not sleep with someone just because you think that you're going to lose them do not do not do not do not just don't do that (laughs) do not let a man ever no matter where you are what stage in life you are pressure you into thinking you have to have sex or that you owe them sex like Mm -hmm. the it's been three months thing is like okay there's a time limit like you i owe this to you like Sex and is like, important. But do you want a cookie for being patient? Oh my right. god! Right, <laughs> like sex is important in relationships, probably more so like adult relationships. Yeah. Um, but you know that's a conversation you have, and if your yeah. partner loves you, they'll wait. Like yeah. this isn't this is silly. This is so and also silly. no means no at any point. At any I point, feel like that doesn't need to be and, said, but and, it probably does need to be said. Like, just because you did do it one time doesn't mean that in a week from now, if you're not feeling it, that he has blanketed consent. consent okay? Mm-hmm. You're like, like, no. He could be rolling no. the condom on, which, by the way, always use protection. He could yes, be please. rolling the condom on and you can, at that point, still say, I'm all set. Never mind. I'm freaking out. Yeah. You can and say also, no at any point. If you don't feel comfortable having conversations about sex with your partner... Probably shouldn't mm-hmm. be having sex. Just saying yeah. it. Just going to go ahead and say that. You know? Yeah, That's, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> making, making, making. Yeah, making. this is when I really start to be like, oh, God, this guy sucks. And this is, again, Scarlet being mature, being a goddess, being a wonderful best friend later on here in the chapter. Page 186 for me in the Kindle version. She's like, Hallie, she shook her head. This isn't about him. It's about you. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't do anything you're not ready for. That's it. That's exactly it. It's all about you and your comfort level and what you want to do. And nothing is owed to anyone. Again, Mm -hmm. guy, girl, whatever you are, if you're listening to this and you don't feel comfortable and yeah, just, just don't do it. You don't have to. No one says you have to. And if you're in a relationship with someone and you're young and you lose your virginity to him. Um, that does change things. And that, that will either make things way more serious or way bad. So that is a real thing. You do really need to make sure that like, this is the guy and this is the moment and you're not, and you're doing this 100% for you mm-hmm. and not because you feel pressured. Exactly. Preach it. Preach it. Preach it. I'm yeah, really and glad if you, because we are a sex positive <laughs> channel as yes. well, or, you know, whatever. If you're like, yeah, man, let's do this. Do it. Get, do it, it. get it on girl. Yeah. But yeah, it's all about you and what you want to do. And 
Yeah. And please use protection. Yeah. That's also. And maybe, hey, and again, this falls into if you're not comfortable having this conversation, you probably shouldn't be having sex. Maybe ask your partner to go get tested. Maybe you both go get tested if you've both been sexually active before. There's nothing wrong with asking that of someone. And if they're not cool with that, you don't need to be having sex with them. Okay, thank you and good day. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, I'm very lucky I don't regret losing my virginity when I did. Um, but I knew that I was ready and I knew that he was the right person. So right on. Just it is possible to do it and not regret it. Yeah, 100%. But. 100%. Yeah, I don't want this to be because we were joking around the last couple episodes about how mean girls, like <laughs> the yeah. sex ed guy, whatever. Don't I don't want to like scare people away from anything. Like it can totally work out 100% beautifully. But also I just, uh, reading this chapter just made my like blood boil and my skin crawl. Cause I was like, oh yeah. my God, he is not doing the whole, I've been patient speech. Like get the F out of here, dude. Three months like, is yeah. a long time for me. Like, you like, ew, ew. You're like, like you put your girlfriends on a time limit for when you should be having sex. Like that is so gross. Like exactly it's all about consent it's all about communication and it's all about it doesn't have to be about love at all but yeah if you don't want about, it to be no it doesn't have to be <laughs> but also if you want it to be make sure that it is <laughs> make sure it is both ways both yeah. ways yes 100 percent. so now that we're both really getting pissed off at Macon, <laughs> we're gonna call it there um we're gonna end here with chapter 11 I can't stress enough, y'all. This is a 282-page novel, and we are just trucking through it slowly but surely. But we just have so many thoughts and feelings, and we can't help that Sarah Dustin wrote just an absolutely beautiful novel. Absolutely beautiful. Like, I I just, there's been so many times during this reading where I've had to be like, where I've had to just like put the book down for a second and like sit there and be like, wow, this is beautiful. This is freaking beautiful. It's so good. The friendship, the mother-daughter relationship, the whole thing, the whole thing. There's just so much. Yeah. It's just, there's just so much in it that obviously we can talk about because we have now for a few hours and we'll continue to talk about next episode. I don't want to jinx us, y'all, but I think we can wrap it up next (laughs) next week. So please come and join us. Fingers crossed as we finish someone like you. Just to give a little timetable, our goal is obviously to finish this novel. We did want to do an episode talking about how to deal because that is, of course, based off of the first two novels. And then we're going to jump into Sarah Dessen's third novel after that. So please come back and join us. And just, yeah, as we always like to say, get cozy, get a blanket, get some tea, get some iced coffee, whatever you prefer. Listen to Taylor Swift's Midnights. I don't need to tell you to do that because it's already breaking records. But listen to that. <laughs> Get out your feels. Li- read Sarah Dessen. Watch Gilmore Girls. Live your best basic white girl life or mm-hmm. whatever you may be. Life. Right. <laughs> we are white, but you might we not. We happen to be basic white girls, but you might not be. Um, so yeah. don't exclude you from those joys in life because all of those things are really great. And you should do all of them no matter who you are out there Absolutely. and planet earth or hey if you're joining us from another planet hi welcome <laughs> hi <laughs> i would recommend to all aliens that if you would like to know about the human experience that you read sarah Dessen. okay yes. thanks. 
and then rate and subscribe to our podcasts. We are on all social, we are on all podcast platforms. We are on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Amazon. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. You can find us everywhere. Just absolutely everywhere. Link. Please come find bio. us and come listen and hang out. And please talk to us. Yeah. Leave us reviews. Leave us comments on Instagram. Yes. We love reading them. They make our hearts really happy. So please keep yes. talking to us. We want to know your thoughts. Let us know what your favorite Sarah Dessa novels are. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know how much you hate Macon for putting Hallie on some kind of weird pressure sex timer. Let us know those things. Please and thank you. Thanks for listening as always. We'll uh, catch you on the next one. See you later.